Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hey, and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. And this is just a lovely Tuesday morning and a great day to study the Bible. But every day is a great day to study the Bible. And I hope you guys are ready to begin Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, which is one of the most famous, I would guess one of the most famous passages of Luke is this particular one that we're going to read today. Everyone loves this. There's so many songs written about this particular uh <laughs> bit of scripture. So let's go ahead and read Luke 15, 1 through 10. I'll be reading out the W-E-B as I always do. Please feel free to grab your cup of coffee and your Bible and read out of the version you prefer to read out of. And let's go ahead and jump right in. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming close to him to hear him. The Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. He told them this parable, which of you men, if you had 100 sheep and lost one of them, wouldn't leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that was lost until he found it? And when he has found it, he carries it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I tell you that even so, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. Or what woman, if she had 10 drachma coins and she lost one drachma coin, wouldn't light a lamp, sweep the house and seek diligently until she found it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the drachma which I had lost. Even so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner repenting. I love this passage of scripture as well. I think this is just so wonderful about showing God's love for people, that he actually goes out and searches for people, like searches for the lost. Because you can see that uh, Jesus has been talking about with his parables, how much God loves people, particularly in the last portion of scripture, where he talked about the prodigal son, or I'm sorry, the last chapter that we talked about, he talked about the prodigal son and how the son went off on his own and the father ran to him ran excited over the fact that the son was coming home. But now, not only is the father excited that the son is coming home, he is diligently going out and searching for the lost son, basically, is what Jesus is saying here. But before we get into the two parables, I'd like to mention verse one and talk about this. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming close to him to hear him. I love that and I find that really cool. Because I have known people that have not grown up in the church. For example, my husband. My husband did not grow up in the church and he was an atheist for a long time. Finally, when he started having faith that there was, in fact, a God out there, the gospel became so attractive to him. And he has such a strong faith now. And I just see that in him versus a lot of people that I've seen that have grown up in the church, including myself, where our faith kind of struggles a little bit. 
And I'm not joking, like this was me. My faith has struggled over the years. I've grown up in the church. And because of that, you start thinking like, well, why isn't God doing this for me? You know, why is God letting me go through this? Because we believe in God, but then you start expecting things out of God, or at least I did, when hard stuff comes your way. But a lot of people I know that have gone through the hard stuff not having God actually come out more faithful in the end because they did go through that stuff without God. And it's so much worse to go through that stuff without God than it is to go through that stuff with God. I don't know if that makes sense. But Jesus attracted the sinners to him. He attracted the low people that the Pharisees looked down on because Jesus's words were attractive to people who did not know God. And Jesus blessed them. He opened up his arms to them and wanted them to hear the gospel versus the Pharisees who didn't really like these kind of people. The Pharisees, in a sense, grew up in the church (laughs) and they did not care for these sinners that uh, were flocking to Jesus. So now they're accusing Jesus of also being a sinner. Oh, he associates with sinners. He's eating with them. You know, he's a sinner just like the rest of them. So the Pharisees are accusing Jesus of being too much like these sinners because the Pharisees wanted nothing to do with these people. And some of them even went so far as to not spread the law to people who they considered to be sinners. So yeah, Pharisees notoriously did not like the sinners. (laughs) The fact was, though, Jesus often states how the Pharisees were sinners as well. They just didn't realize it because their sin was internal rather than external like these uh, notorious sinners that are flocking to Jesus. But the Pharisees just didn't realize that. They didn't realize that they had at heart sin versus like an external sin, if that makes sense. But anyway... Jesus draws these people near to him, which also is very interesting because of the fact of what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter 14, which we just talked about last Thursday, where Jesus was like, it's going to be a hard thing to be my disciple. Like, this is not going to be an easy task. But yet the sinners wanted to hear this. They wanted to hear, how can I be a Jesus follower? So directly after Jesus states all of that, how difficult it is, how you have to take up your cross to follow Jesus, the sinners and the tax collectors flock to Jesus. So that's pretty cool as well. But anyway, so the Pharisees were murmuring against Jesus. This man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. So he don't, they don't like the fact that Jesus is, you know, welcoming these sinners. So Jesus tells these two parables about the lost sheep and then the lost drachma coin. Now, a drachma coin was worth about two days wages, according to my footnote here. So that's a decent amount of money. I mean, whatever the average wage was back in those days, a drachma coin was worth two days wages of that. So a widow or a woman having 10 of these, that's 20 days pay. Of course, you're going to want to (laughs) find one of those coins that's lost, you know, because that's that's quite a bit of money. But anyway, the first parable he mentions is this man who's looking for his lost sheep. He has a hundred sheep. You know, that's a lot of sheep. That's quite a bit of sheep. 
but he loses one of them, and he notices the fact that he loses a sheep. He realizes he only has 99 sheep now. And of course, he's going to go out searching diligently for this lost sheep. What sheep owner wouldn't do that? And of course, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. So this is a parable referring to him. And this is exactly what Jesus does. He goes out and searches for the lost sheep. He leaves the 99 sheep behind and goes out and searches for the one. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have actually thought in the past like, oh, well, why did Jesus leave the 99? (laughs) There's nothing here that says that Jesus left them to their own. Okay, like out in the wilderness to like survive that for themselves. Of course not. I mean, God is omniscient, omnipresent. And what's the other one? Uh, Omnipotent. So he's everywhere. Omnipresent means that he is everywhere all at one time. So even though he's going out and searching for this lost sheep, these other ones in the wilderness are okay (laughs) because God is omnipresent. So that's not what the point of this is, is the fact that Jesus left the 100. It has nothing to do with that because these sheep were safe. These sheep were protected. Of course they are because they they are under God's protection. But the one that goes out and wanders is no longer under Jesus's protection because he left the fold. And I don't know if this is talking about a Christian that veers off the path. I, I believe it could be talking about that. But these sinners here that Jesus is mentioning in verse one, they might not ever have been God's children. So I don't believe that this is talking just about Christians who veer off the path. But I think this is talking about everybody who is not in that fold, not a part of that uh, fold of 99 sheep. Anybody who is not near Christ, I believe God is searching for them. I believe that he is trying to pull them near to him until a certain extent when those people are just like, no, I'm not. I don't want anything to do with this. And at that point, I don't believe God necessarily stops searching for them, but I believe that he lets them do what they want to do, because that is mentioned in uh, scripture as well. Paul says in Romans 1 or 2, that people who get to a certain extent of sinning and choosing not to believe in uh, Jesus, God kind of lets them do what they want at that point and kind of takes his hand off of the situation. And is just sort of like, okay, you do what you want then. And then at that point, they get worse and worse and worse is what Paul talks about. But personally, I do not believe that Jesus ever leaves. I believe that he's always doing something to pull an individual towards him, at least to a certain extent. But even then, I don't believe he ever leaves. So my point here is this lost sheep, whether he was part of the fold or not at one point, is gone. And so Jesus goes out searching for this lost sheep, the good shepherd, searching to bring this individual home, this sinner home. He wants this sinner back into the fold. That's what the law was all about. The law was supposed to bless the nations. The Old Testament, everything that we're reading in the Old Testament episodes was supposed to bless the nations. God's intention from the very beginning of time was to dwell with his people to have them a part of the fold. That was his his intention. But of course, people screwed it all up. They go in all sorts of different directions. So God brings them back with the law. 
And the law was supposed to bless the nations. The law was not supposed to be just for the Jewish nation, but it was supposed to be for everybody. But of course, the law was only part of the story until Jesus comes and brings everybody into the fold. Every single human being that chooses Jesus can come home. They can come into the fold of the 99 sheep. (laughs) But of course, Jesus is going to go out and search for the one that's missing, is going to go out and search for the one that is not part of that sheepfold. Now, at the time period, I do believe that this would have been very different than what people thought. I believe they believed that they were supposed to do things in order to get on God's good side. God did not search for people in their minds. They believed that they had to do something to be a part of the fold. And a lot of times we still have that thinking as well. We this Today, we believe that, oh, we have to do good. We have to do something in order to be a part of God's uh, sheepfold, I guess. But that's not true. Jesus covers us with his grace, which is very clear in scripture. We can't actually do anything to get into heaven. That's why we need to understand and recognize our need for a savior who is Jesus. So Jesus covers us with his grace, searches for us, and brings us home when we finally give in, when we finally realize our need for the shepherd and allow Jesus to take control. He brings us home. So yeah, that's just a story of how much Jesus loves us and how he loves everybody. Now, this being said, I read something on Facebook a little bit ago, a couple days ago, and it said something like, it's okay where you're at in life because Jesus celebrates you at your lowest point. Okay. (laughs) I don't at all believe that that's anywhere in scripture. If you find a verse that says that, please send it over to me and I will say I'm wrong. But every time we see somebody at their lowest point in scripture, it's not a good thing. Jesus is not celebrating over the fact that this sheep is at his lowest point. He's celebrating over the fact that he's bringing this sheep home. This sinner finally chooses Jesus, whoever it might be. He's not celebrating the sheep missing. So to me, I thought that uh, quote was so dumb. I was like, no, Jesus does not celebrate us at our lowest points. He celebrates when we finally turn back to him and come home. That is what he celebrates. So yes, this is not a we can do whatever we want kind of uh, idea, I guess. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is how much Jesus loves us to the point where he goes searching for us. He's not celebrating what we're doing. He's searching for us and asking us to come home, desperately wanting us to be back in the fold. And same with this woman here in verse 8 through 10. It talks about a woman who had 10 drachma coins. That's plenty of money, but she loses one. So of course she's going to be upset and see, she searches the entire house, sweeping it clean for this drachma coin, this thing of value. And this is the same thing with Jesus. Of course, we have value. We do have some worth. And Jesus makes that clear in scripture that we do have worth. And so he loves us enough to sweep the house clean looking for us because he wants us home. It's the same concept as the lost sheep. 
this lost coin, God wants us. He desperately desires us to come home. And so this woman, when she finds the coin, finally calls together her friends and neighbors and saying, she says, rejoice with me. I have found the drachma, which I have lost. And I do the same exact thing. When I, when I lose something important, I get this sick, like pit in my stomach. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know where my driver's license is. I don't know where anything is. And so I, I get sick because I lost something. And this is what I do. The same thing as this woman. I'm like sweeping my house clean, trying to find <laughs> my lost driver's license or whatever it might be because I'm sick about it. And I'm telling like my friends, I'm like, oh my gosh, can you please pray for me? Because I don't know where this is, this very important thing that I need. I don't know where it's at. So then finally, when I find it, I'm just like, oh, I found it. Thank God. You know, we rejoice over the fact that we found whatever we lost, right? Especially if it's something very, very important. So this woman does the same thing. She calls her friends. She's like, rejoice. I found it. So then in verse 10, Jesus states to close. Even so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner repenting. See, it's not the fact that the sinner is low. That's not what Jesus is rejoicing about. It's the act of repentance is what Jesus rejoices over. He rejoices when somebody finally turns back to him. When a sinner turns back to him or just turns to him in general, if they never knew him. This is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus's entire goal was for coming to earth, was to bring repentance to sinners. And that is what he does on a daily basis for each one of us. When we sin, all we have to do is go to Jesus and he covers us with grace. And he says, you're forgiven because of me. And this is just a lovely story of how much Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he's willing to die on the cross for you, to forgive you. And then not only that, when you turn away from him, he's diligently searching for you again to come back to him because he loves you that much. It's funny, at the end there, when I was uh, <laughs> telling you guys how much uh, he loves you, I was like pointing at my computer screen. I'm like, he loves you. You, you. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny. And I know I'm like just sitting here basically talking to myself into a microphone, but I really do feel like I'm talking to you guys, I guess because I know you're going to listen. So it's just kind of funny. But anyway, guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was a very uplifting one, I felt. And I just love Luke ch chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Just such a sweet portion of scripture of God's love. But go over to the t-shirt shop if you would like to support the Bible Explained podcast or P40 Ministries, which is the ministry that uh, produces this podcast. If you would like to support it, go over to the t-shirt shop. Search for something kind of cool for yourself. I have some of the uh, Bible Explained merch in stock right now. And I also have the Lion of Judah tea in stock, which I definitely recommend. It's super cool looking. A lot of people love it. It's unisex. 
anybody can wear it. It's for both male and female, and it's just really cool looking, and it's super soft as well. So go over there, check out the t-shirt shops, and don't forget, I do not charge shipping. So what you see is what you get. The price you see is the price you're going to pay in your cart. So anyway, friends and faithful listeners, hope you do that. I'll drop a link to the shop in the bio of the podcast episode. But until tomorrow, happy listening, and God bless. Bless.